So the other night I was watching uh, primetime television. I had this moment where my brain turned off from being entertained to, wow, this person on TV is saying something real and honest, and I need to pay attention, uh, which rarely happens on TV. Uh, and of all the places it could happen, it happened on Saturday Night Live during Dave Chappelle's intro monologue. And I want to just play the last two minutes of that real quick and see if I can reproduce the feelings for you guys. A few weeks ago, I went to the White House for a party. It was the first time I'd been there in many years, and it was very exciting. And BET had sponsored the party, so everyone there was, was black. <laughs> and it was beautiful. I walked through the gates. You know, I'm from Washington, so I saw the bus stop, or well, the corner where the bus stop used to be, where I used to catch the bus to school and dream about nights like tonight. It was a really, really beautiful night. And at the end of the night, everyone went into the West Wing of the White House, and it was a huge party. And everybody in there was black except for Bradley Cooper for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and on the walls were pictures of all the presidents of the past. Now, I'm not sure if this is true, but to my knowledge, the first black person that was officially invited to the White House was Frederick Douglass. They stopped him at the gates. Abraham Lincoln had to walk out himself and escort Frederick Douglass into the White House. And it didn't happen again, as far as I know, until Roosevelt was president. When Roosevelt was president, he had a black guy over and got so much flack from the media that he literally said, I will never have a nigger in this house again. I thought about that, and I looked at that room, and I saw all those black faces in Bradley, and I saw... <laughs> And I saw how happy everybody was. These people who had been historically disenfranchised. And it made me feel hopeful. And it made me feel proud to be an American. And it made me very happy about the prospects of our country. So, in that spirit, I'm wishing Donald Trump luck. And I'm going to give him a chance. And we, the historically disenfranchised, demand that he give us one too. Thank you very much. So Dave's right. Historically, in the autumn of 1901, Booker T. Washington, the great educator, author, and orator, uh, was, a, was on a speaking tour, and he was in Mississippi when he received a telegram from President Roosevelt inviting him to the White House, which set off just a, a shitstorm from all the white people all over the place, and men swore never to vote for Roosevelt in future <laughs> elections. So I guess what I want to say is, in this time, 
when we are so polarized as a country. Dave Chappelle, of all people, gets on Saturday Night Live, of all places. I just stopped. I was like, damn. Yeah. He just made me feel so human, telling the story of a bunch of black people celebrating in the White House, which a little over 100 years ago, sure, that hadn't happened. It's a little, it's a little bit different than just you and me going to the White House, which would be a, a great achievement for our personal lives, but not a great, great achievement for our culture or our people. Like This is very s- basic stuff, and I think for white people, we watch that and we're like, oh my gosh, that, that is big. So this is what I want to talk about. It's like, instead of Dave getting up there and saying, you know, F Trump, he's an idiot, and all of New York going, yeah, you know, because obviously New York is a blue state. It's a very he, liberal crowd, yeah. He, he doesn't do that. He goes, look, I come from a people that have been disenfranchised, and you right. can't deny that. But he's saying instead of, instead of throwing rocks, he's, he offers an olive branch in a very unique way. I don't personally like Trump, but I think Dave's attitude and sharing the history of our, our struggles as a people is how we're going to get through this. Right. And how we're going to move forward. Right. Maybe maybe Trump, yeah, maybe Trump isn't a, a racist and I would I'd be okay with that personally, but uh, maybe he's just unaware of why the things he says incites certain racist people to and emboldens them. And Dave Chappelle's like he kind of goes a different route. He says, "We'll give you we'll give you a shot." It's not like right. Oh, here's why the red has to convince the blue why Trump's actually a good dude. It's like, look, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep polarizing right. the side, trying to get one side on the other side. We have to just say, look, here's some stories, right? And I'm going to give you a shot. Stories, exactly. And comedians are are like we said, we've said before, and we've heard a lot, are the new philosophers. They're people who are tapped into a reality. Is there's a fine line between what, what makes you laugh and what makes you cry, what makes you feel. Hmm. And uh, a comedian has the ability to bring up subversive material. When's the last time you cried? Listening to something, um, I, I cried listening to the Suffering podcast by the Liturgists. You did, yeah. Wow, I didn't. I heard about people uh, not being able to get clean water, and it wrecked me for a bit. Um, I was running, so it was like I was like running, sobbing. <laughs> really? Have you ever just cried like watching a commercial or? Yeah, I mean. Sometimes, sometimes it, it strikes a nerve, but that's the thing is like, we have the ability as humans to choose empathy, which is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So if we can get out of our own heads and our, our own worldview for a second and understand yeah. that there are stories of people being discriminated against and that those stories are, matter. And if we could put ourselves in those people's shoes... What would it feel like? Just a bunch of black people getting to hang out and enjoy the White House. What would that feel like? That's that's empathy. It's 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 going. If I was there, and all my presidents, you know, growing up, and all the presidents before those presidents were all white guys. Nobody looked like my dad. Nobody looked like, like my grandpa. Yeah. And suddenly here's a guy, and like we're all in this. <laughs> I mean, how how great of a metaphor is it? It's called the White House. And it's a bunch of black people, <laughs> black people in there, yeah. and that's that's a beautiful moment, I think. But the way Dave delivers it, he turns the crowd almost to be like, "Okay, we'll support Trump." Like, how do you do that, Matt? How do you take an angry crowd? We're literally in the beginning of the One speech. He it says, is "Not a joke." But I think it's important that I say this because they're marching up the street right now as we speak. 
thing and you hear people go, woo, they want to support the protests. And right. by the end of this speech, he says, look, I'm going to give him a chance. And everyone cheers. I'm like, holy shit, you just <laughs> flipped everybody's like sure. feelings by humanizing everything. Right. And that, I think, is so hard to do. And and I thought, man, Dave Chappelle just... Well, leave it to a comedian to be able to to mess with people's emotions and, and carry people along to a punchline. That's essentially all that is. But it was the best damn intro on SNL I've ever seen. Yeah, it was good. I've got nothing left to play. I've got nothing left to say. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white I'm in love, but I'm still sad. I found peace, but I'm not glad. All my nights and all my days, I've been trying the wrong way. I'm a black man in a white world. Why do we have to say that Black Lives Matter? Now, I admit that is not the best slogan, but McDonald's already took you deserve a break today. <laughs> and I guess it's kind of catchy because everyone else is biting it. Even the police bite it. Blue Lives Matter. What was he, born a police? That is not a blue life. That's a blue suit. If you don't like it, take that suit off, find a new job. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I could quit being black today, I'd be out the game. <laughs> I did the next best thing. I, I became a rich black person. Which is harder than you think, because, you know, your life becomes gentrified. Like Brooklyn. All your black friends stop moving out, and all these new white friends start moving in. You find yourself saying things to friends you grew up with that you never dreamed you'd say. You never dreamed you'd say. You never dreamed you'd say. Dave Chappelle has been kind of out of the mainstream media for a long time. Um, he kind of disappeared, and people were like, where did he go? And there was all these rumors. Basically, season three of The Chappelle Show was scheduled to begin airing on May 31st, 2005. So this is like 11 years ago now. Yeah. But earlier in May, Chappelle stunned fans and the entertainment industry when he abruptly left during production and took a trip to South Africa. Then everyone began to speculate, you know, and say, you know, he's on drugs or he went crazy or whatever. And here's what he had to say in a Time Magazine interview. There were things that overwhelmed me, he says, but not in the way that people are saying. I haven't spent any of the money. They were saying he, he got all this money and he went nuts. Um, all this stuff about partying and taking crack is not true. Why do I live on a farm in Ohio to support my partying lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> I know a little about that. Yeah. He went off. The, how, how are you partying out there in oh, Tennessee, man. Nate, on that farm? Oh, dude, it's so much partying, just trying to keep things alive. <laughs> but he kind of went off the grid and did some soul searching. We can yeah. talk about that, too. That's kind of a necessary step to growing out of just a dualistic mindset of, I'm right, you're wrong, or I'm a liberal and I'm against conservatives, or I'm a Republican, I'm against de Democrat. That's kind of a dual, and we have a two-party system, so it's so hard to get outside of that framework of, 
of either or black or white in group versus out group. I think it does take a contemplative step back going into ourselves and understanding kind of kind of a, a, a broader perspective of what's going on here. Cause we can get stuck in the minutia and the infighting and the crap on Facebook. The reality is a lot bigger than that. It's a lot more inclusive. We're all American, you know? And I think Dave is saying, look, Obviously, I have to pick a side, given the the marginalized group I come from. Right. Well, he was even dogging on uh, Obama, though, because of taxes. So, you know, Dave's a, a, a wealthy guy. He gets his money. He's like, all my black friends money. who have money said the same thing when Trump got elected. That's it, bro. I'm out. I'm leaving the country. You coming with us? Nah, I'm good, dog. I'm going to stay here and get this tax break see how it works out. Because <laughs> that's how it is being Dave Chappelle. First time I got some money, it didn't work out like that. Most unlikely thing that happened ever was a black president came out of nowhere, like, come on, everybody, let's start thinking about everyone else. Oh, nigga, I just got this money! <laughs> I didn't even think it was possible. <laughs> he goes on in the interview and he says, and this is really important, I think, he says, you got to be careful of the company you keep. He says, it's hard to know how much to say. One of the things that happens when people make the leap from a certain amount of money to tens of millions of dollars is that the people around you dramatically change. During my ascent, I've seen other people go through the wall to become really big. They always said that fame didn't change them, but that it changes the people around them. You always hear that, but you never really understand it. But now that I'm there, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm just learning what that means. You have to have people around you that you can trust and aren't just out for a meal ticket. Yeah. The way the people treat you becomes different. Your life changes negatively. You might have all the assets that you want in your life as far as the house, the car, the vacations. But you, the level of normalcy in your relationships is always suspect. What does this person yeah. really want? And that's got to be super difficult. And it takes a level of empathy to empathize <laughs> with rich people that is beyond what most people are capable of. I think he's a great <laughs> troll starver because I think he's got this $50 million contract and he starts to see that his art is going a different way. Like he goes on, he says, the breakdown in trust within his inner circle seems to have led him to the questions, the material they were producing. He seems obsessed with making sure the material is good and honest and something they will be proud of. And he goes on to say, and I quote, I want to make sure I'm dancing, not shuffling. Whatever decisions I make now, I'm going to have to live with. Your soul is priceless. And the first two seasons of his show had real spirit to them, he says. I want to make sure whatever I do has spirit. And I just think that that monologue had so much spirit. Mm. And I think Dave has just fought some crazy trolls in his life. And I wish he could come on the show, but we're not that cool. <laughs> well, the co comedians, I think, in general are, are, the, are the troll slayers, you know? They go in deep to the to the nitty gritty, the dirty stuff, the stuff we don't want to admit we're thinking, and they expose it in a cathartic way. They they unveil our inner ugliness, our inner racism, our inner bias, our inner sexism, whatever it is. They expose it, and that's what the Chappelle Show did. Is brilliant. No, it's so brilliant. Like him playing the blind KKK um, leader. Yeah, who's a black guy and doesn't know he's black because he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> is brilliant because he can say things being a black guy that, that most people would be so offended by. Yeah. But he exposes the ignorance of racism. Sure. That it's really a mentality. It's not about race. The idea of race is a construct. We're all human, right? We're all human race. 
Um, the rest is just genetics and skin color. But some people would even say having a BET sponsored TV show put on a black party at the White House. There was white yeah. people who immediately cringe at all that stuff. Well, right, and it's 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 not it's not for us. <laughs> but they go, well, you know? that's reverse racism or whatever they say, and I go. No, it's not. It's yeah. It's it's almost a celebration of a milestone in history. <laughs> There's been uh, two centuries of, of white 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 only parties. Yeah. in the White House, it's time for BET. And you know? I get, I, I can understand a little bit of that side, like thinking right. like, that's weird. That if like white people had a TV show, it would be, it would be, it would be weird. But that's a thing. That's like that's like this. That's like saying you know. At the risk of being two white men talking about race issues in America, because that's what we're, what we're doing right now. Sure, we got into sure. this. Now we're down. Now we're down the rabbit hole. But it's like saying saying that there's no white entertainment television, and therefore it's unfair. Is like saying all lives matter in a way. It's like saying yeah, you know yeah. th- there is there is an oppressed people group that is fundamentally discriminated against for hundreds of years um, that were that were brought here and enslaved here. And then um, discriminated against uh, legally, um, their rights denied to vote, to work, to do all. Uh, for, up until the '60s, yeah, Jim Crow was still around. You know that was very, very recently, and we're still healing from a lot of those wounds. They need to have these things that celebrate uh, and 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 encourage and embolden because it's it's about authority and it's about power structure. Yeah, like Dave said, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's standing there going, this is a beautiful moment. And I would say 19-year-old, 20-year-old Nate Henry watches that monologue and he goes, uh, like, no, that's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think about where I've come in, in the last 15 years of my life. Just the amount of change I've experienced because I've traveled and I've done things to watch that monologue and go, damn, that was powerful. That was good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like when, when you grow, you have to expand. You have to open. It, you, you have a choice. You can either open up your mind to, to other people's experiences or you can close it off and be like, this is my, my life is my own experience or yeah. my own story or my own family or my own small, small town culture. And you can shrink. You can either shrink or grow. Or you can attack Dave Chappelle and say, attack the messenger and say, yeah, you suck, you know, and I don't have to, I don't have sure. to listen to what you have to say. Because right. who would have thought Dave Chappelle? I mean, I guess I keep coming back to that because it's like uh, he's such a unique vessel to deliver this message. He's not the kind of guy you would think they would deliver this message because some of the stuff he does on his show is pretty is is controversial humor. It's out there, yeah. Your mom and dad would be offended, but what he's saying, I guess, the deeper message. I think that speech has always been a part of his his thinking and his feeling, and maybe partly why he walked away from Comedy Central because he probably felt. Like, you guys just don't get it. You don't get what I'm trying to right. do. This isn't like a show to make millions of dollars. I'm trying to push an understanding of how racist we are as a people. <laughs> yeah. You know, or through just, these yeah, jokes. Just just hit those nerves of prejudice, racism, discrimination, uh, what it all what it all is and what it means, and expose the, the silliness and the ugliness of it. How all. did you feel when you listened to it? Oh, I cheered. I was like, this is great. This is... Did you feel like Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. There was a celebration on BET for for Obama's presidency or whatever. Yeah, kind of like recapping it, and and someone said they were watching it, and Bradley Cooper was in the crowd, <laughs> and I laughed because he was at the BET party for uh, 
at the White House, too. So somehow Bradley Cooper is like the only white guy in the room. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think that Chappelle is a weird vessel. I think the comedians, like I keep saying it, they are our modern philosophers. No, you what, would no, think he's like, a weird vessel. Like, but I think comedians are in touch are in touch with certain things. And when you sure. see a funny person get serious for a moment, you listen. Oh yeah, they have power. They 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 know how to speak. That's what philosophy was. It was guys standing up and talking and and making arguments. And comedians are the are the last bastion of that. They're the guys with the mic on stage, all alone yeah. with their ideas and how they communicate is really like it outside of like a TED talk. Where else do we get that in our culture? I mean, that's. They are the vessels for the ideas. And this guy took a 10-year break, and then he comes back on SNL, and then he drops this bomb. And I just thought, man, I wonder what he's done in the last 10 years. I wonder the trolls he's starved in the last 10 years. Oh, I'm sure he's done stand-up. He's done a couple things, <laughs> yeah. but I think he got booed in like 2013 on stage for... Remember, did you hear about that in the press? He came back, and a bunch of... They were yelling white no. power. What? Yeah. He, uh, he did a stand-up Weird. show, and a bunch of white guys were yelling white power, and then... He came back to the same town like a year later and he got like a standing ovation at some comedy thing. My point is, is like, he's got this moment because he comes back after 10 years. Everyone's like, oh, Chappelle's show. I love Chappelle's show. It's so great. He, can you believe it? He's on SNL. I can't believe he's coming back. And he comes back and he delivers this awesome comedy thing. And then he drops just this great message. I just, I'm just, I just want to send this out to the internet that I just want to affirm Dave Chappelle for having the moment to take the reins and to say something awesome and doing it because... I don't know if most right. people just would think about that moment and think about themselves. Hey, I'm back. I'm cool. I'm going to make this funny. I'm making this all about me. And he doesn't make it all about him. Sure. Standing now, calling all the people here to see the show. Calling for my demons not to let me go. I need something. Give me something wonderful. Take me somewhere I'm not supposed to be You can't steal the things that God has given me No more pain and no more shame and misery You can't take me down You can't break me down You can't take me down When you watch Dave, you go, something's happened in the last 10 years. A lot of things have ha happened to him in the last 10 years to where he can, he can get to a point where he can deliver so poignantly and so beautifully these stories using humor and create empathy. And I think that we can all apply that to our own lives. Sometimes we need to exit. Sometimes we need to go out, I mean, historically speaking, religiously speaking, into the wilderness and be alone. Yeah, and in those moments, those and when we go internal, we learn about ourselves, and we learn about what matters, and we get perspective, and we understand things better. And I think that leaving is just undervalued in our culture. Like we think, no, you got to stay in this, you got to keep plugging away. And I think sometimes, uh, sometimes a, a a bold exit is is the best answer. 
and 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 taking a risk. Oh, it's it's one of the hardest things. I've got so many friends going through these moments, especially in our thirties. Like like we were saying last time, like you you don't you don't make major life decisions in your thirties, and right. it's hard to walk away and make that bold move, and especially when he's got friends, he's got people that he's hired, and he's got. Probably right. a couple hundred families that depend on him making jokes, and he goes, "Guys, I just got to walk away because the the art of yeah. this show, you know, your soul's priceless, and there's I I, I want to be dancing with this. I'm not doing this for the money." Yeah, he seems very committed committed to the sincerity, and he goes, "If I can't do this sincerely and have sincere people around me, he seems very concerned that people are not engaged with him for the right reasons." If I can't do it sincerely and have have the spirit, I want what I do to have spirit, then I'm, I'm not going to do it. And that's integrity as an artist or as a creator, comedian, whatever it is. You could be a pastor. Um, yeah. If you sell yourself short, you might you might get that money and you might get that limelight and you might get the popularity or the dignity that you think people owe to you. But you you lose your soul. And, and your I- soul, as Dave says, is priceless. And I would say that when you leave, when you go, when you decide to quit something, you decide you want to find unity in yourself. You're like, I want unity in my guts. I want what I believe and what I'm doing to unify together, right? And that's why I'm leaving this situation right now. Whether it's you're not, you're unhappy in a marriage, you're unhappy in a band, you're unhappy, you just kind of feel disconnected from yourself, right? He's making, sure. and I think that's how he's able to come back and give this speech and bring unity to everybody else Uni- yeah. uniting both sides in a, in a small little way in a very little blip of a moment and a lot of people might not have felt that way a lot of people might listen sure. to that and go oh more more talk from that side sure we all have negativity in us and when i think you speak of empathy you're saying i'm despite the negativity i'm going to choose to see the positivity you could look at right. a guy like Chappelle and you could write him off for all this crazy stuff like that guy is just a stupid comedian makes a bunch of foul jokes there's no way he has any wisdom in his in his right but i think of this whole election season he said like the best thing that made me feel better than anything like right. i have not felt as good as i did when i listened to that well, yeah, I mean, because we, no one feels good when when two sides are attacking each other, and I think, you know, but I, but I wouldn't say shame on anybody for feeling the way they feel. I um, I wouldn't shame, I, I wouldn't shame people who who feel the need to protest or express themselves. I wouldn't shame people who want to process things silently. Being able to count your blessings and empathize and try to empathize with those who have not is not being ashamed of being white. It's about understanding the responsibility we have as people of privilege. And yes, there are many poor white people who live in impoverished um, neighborhoods, but the but but the ratio is 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 quite dramatic as far as how many more people of color are are impoverished. So that's why we say that. But it's understanding our responsibility to. To go, you know what? I've been born at at or near the top of the food chain here. And yes, I've worked hard. I've worked hard. But I've also been given the tools to work hard. And it's my responsibility to, to look around me and be aware of other people who might be suffering. People might be hungry in my own backyard and I don't even know it. I'm not aware of it. You the know? only way you can give the way the Bible says to give is to, like that verse says, do not give without the left hand knowing what the right hand is doing. Right. You almost have to psych yourself out so you don't even realize that you're helping, but you also don't think about where the help is going. It's just right. going. 
and it's just happening. And I think that's when you transform societies. And I think in a small right. way, that's what Chappelle's trying to say. Yeah, everyone's out there talking, 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 and what are we actually doing? And that's what the thing I've been yeah. kind of quiet on social media watching this unfold because I kind of don't identify with a lot of the very upset uh, liberal Democrats. I just don't, I just, I kind of, I kind of, I've felt alienated by their response because clearly they were in the dark about what reality was. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was there too, but I, I'm not just going to lash out. I, I have to like, I'm processing it, you know? But I think you also, you and I realize we have, we have an opportunity as individuals to now do something. If anything, Trump's going to inspire individuals to make individual decisions and actions. Respond in the way that you feel convicted, not, in, not, not anti. Because yeah. people do love to rally around what they're against. But what if we, and, that, and that's just human nature. And I was talking about this with my friend the other day. It's human nature to rally around and organize and galvanize around what we're against. Sure, sure. But what if we change those things that we're against? What about things we're for? We're for. Well, here's the thing. We're against racial discrimination. We're yeah. against poverty. We're against um, isolation. We're against anything that fortifies the separate self. Yeah. That, that, that makes us feel like we're not connected to other people. If I'm against all those things then I, I'm, I'm going to be proactive in connecting to people who are different from me. I'm, I'm going to be proactive in connecting with, with impoverished people or yeah, helping out organizations yeah. that do that at least. And I think that's the better response. And at the same time going, I really hope Trump does a good job. I do. Yeah, we have to hope. I'm not hoping he gets impeached. I'm hoping he does. He's a president of all the people, and he does a really good job. Now, there's a lot of uh, questions yeah, about sure. whether or not that will that will happen based on his transition team. He really needs a black guy on his transition team, I think, desperately. But I'm really, really hoping that one way or another, he does a good job for America. And I didn't vote for the guy. Um, but I think we have to have a positive and proactive out outlook, just like... You know, if Dave, if Dave Chappie can say it, then we can say it, you know? Oh, my, I didn't know what it means to believe. Oh, my, I didn't know what it means to believe. But if I hold on tight, is it true? you take care of all that I do? Oh, Lord, I'm getting ready to believe. Oh, my, I didn't know how hard it would be. Oh, my, I didn't You kind of have to leave the uh, the other side mentality behind. You kind of have to step out in the moderate zone and say, I'm going to start to look at humans and not black and white facts. I'm going to start reading the stories. I'm going to start. And I feel like that's how the transition in my life to, to being more of a happy person is when I left the black and white mentality that I was raised in of everything's black and white. And every, sure. every person's black and white. And everything red is good. And everything blue is bad. <laughs> and... Like, I have a story the other day. We're at the park. It's a Sunday. Uh, I'm there with my kids. I'm pushing, I'm pushing my kid in the, in the swing. 
and a woman with hijab walks up next to us. There's like 20 swings, and she puts one right, her, her, her child right in the swing next to us and starts pushing. Hmm. And I thought, this is a cool moment because here America just elected somebody, and in Tennessee it was like 75% Trump. Right. Who said they're going to register all Muslims and, and all this crazy stuff. Right, and track their, their dealings and goings-on and comings and goings. and Yeah. yeah. And she's with one kid, and her husband's with the other kid, and they're the same age as my children. And here we are, two families with two kids of the same age at the park by ourselves, just yeah. kind of each wrangling their own child. And it was just this cool moment of, this is what America is. Right. This opportunity for two two white people and probably two Muslim people to push their kids and play with them in the park on a Sunday right. with the sun shining down on us, and we're smiling. Christians and Muslims under the same sun. And we're getting along and we're yeah. happy and we feel safe to be next to each other, right? Because at the base level, you're not, you know, Middle Eastern or Western or Muslim or Christian or white or brown. You're a parent. Human. You're human. Yeah. But 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 even yeah, on a more a basic level, you could look into her eyes and and chuckle about how kids of that age are. That's what she was doing. And she would and she would understand, oh yes, my kids of that age are that way too. Yeah. And there is a there's a, a universal language of parenting and of being uh responsible for the little people uh that you relate to because on a human level, it's not these things that we call each other. Yeah. It's it's something deeper. That's what Dave Chappelle did really well. It's not black and white. Here here I have a, a character who's a Ku Klux Klan racist leader yeah. who's a black guy who doesn't know he's black. <laughs> and so you can have hate and rage and it has nothing to do with the but way it that unifies. You look. It's just an ideology, right? It's like yeah. it, it, it exposes the fact that we're all just human and yeah. we're all believing a bunch of crap if we think that we're actually separate or different or better than than other humans. And I would say anyone pushing an agenda or a theology or even a political message that goes against that. And and I guess to get religious, that is antichrist. When right. when someone says, No, these are in, these are out, that is an right. antichrist message. And you I guarantee you your life will change and your heart will grow and you will feel less isolated and depressed when you start to see us all as connected and all Absolutely. Is real. And that's what I felt sitting in that park going, I wonder if they're afraid right now. I wonder if this poor little family is afraid in this super red state of a lot of hate and a lot of differences. Tennessee's not yeah. an easy place to be if you're a minority. It's it's right. just not. I mean, I just hear some of the stuff people say. I'm just like, guys, wake up. This is 2016. Like, yeah, not 1960. Well, yet. and that's the thing. It, it's the responsibility is on us people of privilege. And I'm I'm saying white people, but uh, Nate, you and I are white guys, and white guys have run the country for. Uh, since its founding. So um, we have positions of power and authority just basically being looking the way that we look. People yeah. people look to our actions and we can we can either speak out against stuff. And I, I don't mean like creating safe spaces or like not allowing people to be honest. I mean having conversations with people about what discrimination is and about what stereotypes are and yeah. about about the humanity of all people who are different. And and those conversations, we can choose as people in positions of authority to not have those conversations and just kind of like turn a blind eye when our white friends are making, you know, lame jokes about yeah. 
Asians or whatever. Or if you voted for Trump and he's doing something that's racist, you don't say, well, I voted for Trump, so therefore I can't stand up to his racist decision. No, well, no. protest yeah. the racist decision if even if you voted for the guy. Right? I don't think I don't think Trump was elected. I don't think everybody who voted for Trump is a racist. I think that's way off. I think it's a that's just a bad uh, analysis of it. I think it was more about an insider versus an outsider. Trump being the outsider, they voted the outsider in. Uh, but I think a lot of the folks, I think many, many people who are not racist who voted for Trump, it's their responsibility now to make sure that race relations in America um, are not threatened. They're already very fragile. So we need to make sure that people of minority groups are respected as equal citizens, that they aren't treated differently based on their religion or the way that they look or their skin color or their the, the dress that they wear, whatever. We need to make sure that everybody is equal and it's on us and it's on especially I would say those who voted for uh, Trump to um, to prove to everyone that it wasn't um, a racist ideology that you were supporting. Uh, you yeah. might be supporting the outsider and that's okay, but let's hold him accountable and let's hope he does a good job. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is yeah. I wish him the best. We're beyond the Hillary Trump versus each other thing. Right. We're beyond that now. And and it's it's sad to see so many people still stuck there. I think we have to be more like Chappelle, like whatever we do has spirit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we kinda have to move forward with that mentality, like, look, if this guy doesn't have any spirit in office, then we're gonna we're gonna denounce that. We're gonna tr- we're gonna try to get some spirit back in there. Yeah. I mean when you have Glenn Beck coming out saying if he's, you know, rounding up Muslims for internment camps, I'll sign up. I will say I am Muslim. And you go, What? <laughs> Glenn Beck? Voice of reason? Who said that his his whole mindset and I- ideology was changed after he sat down and had a meeting with Obama. Yeah. You know, I read that article about him and it's just like That's what, what it comes down to. It comes down to understanding. And there are people on the right who understand. There are people on the left who understand. There are people on the left who don't understand and and are getting sure. this whole thing wrong. And their analysis of this election is so wrong. Except, except for that British guy in that video that went viral. <laughs> you yeah. saw that one, right? Well, the British love to do the I told you so. Um, well, that's, was... their favorite, that's their favorite pastime. Of course she got elected. Well, he said the left is the reason that he got elected is because the way that they because the way they treat the right. And know? that's kind of why I've remained silent is that I know I I, I generally side with more so I'm socially liberal. Um I would say I'm I try to be fiscally conservative. Uh, I don't think uh, uh whatever. I, n- enough about my politics. But the point is I I've been quiet watching the left respond to this because I just I feel alienated by a lot of the sentiment. We all do. I'm kind of floating. Yeah, I'm kind of floating out in the middle going, oh, now that we're here, I just don't think the analysis of the left of what happened there, even if it is true, I just don't think it's worthwhile to focus on. Let's get down to business. What do we care about? Let's be proactive about that. Because it's we the people. So yeah. if, you care, if you care about marginalized groups, involve yourself in... Uh, organizations that deal directly with marginalized groups. Just do that. I mean, it's easy. You just go online. I did it. You go online and you sign up. If this episode inspired you to go do something, email us in a couple of weeks or a month or two after you did it, and we'll have you on. Right. And we'll hear about your experience. Because that's yeah, what this whole the- thing is. It's getting ourselves and you to do something, to not feed those trolls. And right now there is a ton of shitty trolls to feed. <laughs> Yeah. I will give you, um, and I'll, I'll even throw this out there, uh, a couple of organizations and um, that I've 
looked into um, so that you guys don't have to do any research. Uh, one is called worldrelief.org, uh, an ag- advocacy uh, group for individuals and communities who are working to influence the policies and structures that create poverty and oppression. It's about supporting a strong, robust refugee resettlement program, peace in, in South Sudan, refugee and asylum legislation, a bunch of stuff. So there's there's a lot of like cool stuff there that you can get involved in. Also, um, stateside, there is a an organization called SURGE, S-U-R-G, that's standing up for racial justice. And it guess it's kind of like the if you're if you're a white guy like me, it's kind of like the white compliment to BLM, I guess you could say. So and yeah. not the and I know some of you guys are like BLM's a terrorist organization, not the, not rioting. It's uh, it's it's about like, how can I as a white guy stand up Bradley for, Cooper? Uh, the how can I be a Bradley Cooper and stand up for the fair treatment of people of uh, all different shapes and colors? So that's kind of the whole that's kind of the whole message behind that. And you can go to, I think it's S-U-R-G dot org or worldrelief.org and, and check some things out. There's plenty of organizations you can get involved in. And I just encourage people to be proactive. Don't sit around and go, screw Trump. He sucks. He's a racist. And everyone who voted for him sucks. And they're racist too. It, it's just so easy to just direct all your hate to the president, the office of the president. Why not do something, take responsibility, put your money where your mouth is and do something proactive to help people who are uh, oppressed and hurting. And if those people are blue collar, uh, white manufacturing workers who's, who've lost their job in the Midwest and you voted for Trump, you can still, instead of just sitting on your vote for Trump, you can go out and you can bring meals to people who need who need help. Your neighbors, say, say you live in Ohio, I don't know. Like you can do things uh, as opposed to just saying, oh, the president's going to fix this. Uh, no, it starts with us at home. And I think, um, yeah, take responsibility. Oftentimes, I think we just don't want to do anything. And uh, we don't want to make anything. We don't want to create anything. We don't want to serve. We don't want to do something. And it's even inspiring me to realize that, like, I've got to change my mindset. And uh, I just wanted to say thanks, Dave Chappelle, for uh, that awesome opening monologue. It just brought a, you know, I know he's listening to the show. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Dave. But America's done it. We've actually elected an internet troll as our president. <laughs> it just brought a. It brought a breath of fresh air in a time when I feel like we needed it from a, from a person we needed to hear it from. Right. And I'm glad we did this show. I'm glad we did this episode. I want to hear some positive things from you guys. Email us at don't email the trolls at Gmail if any of this crap has inspired you. But thanks, Matt. Thanks for sharing those, those organizations. Yeah, we, uh, we apologize. Um, we're both... We're both um, you know, we both were raised with a level of privilege being uh, middle to upper middle class white dudes. So if you um, are not that and you were not raised with that, please forgive us for our um, whatever whatever ignorant things we might have said because we're trying to have empathy. We're trying to recognize our privilege. We're trying to understand and empathize with people who um, have, have had a rougher go than us. Matt is trying to be the most stay woke white dude <laughs> in, in, in Seattle. I'm just trying to... I'm, I, just thank you for your grace. Uh, if you're like, well, if you're rolling your eyes going, they got it way wrong, um, please email us and let us know. We will fact check the crap out of our um, our uh, our opinions. So we appreciate that. In the meantime, if you see Dave Chappelle, give him a high five for us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, guys. Later. <laughs>